Hey, it's Jake back with you on the Noggin Notes podcast. Thanks for joining us again. This is episode number 33, and it's a casual chat with Christian Conti. Dr. Christian Conti is a longtime friend and mentor. He's done a great deal to influence my counseling career. And we were chatting the other day and decided that we should just record the conversation because we were talking about social media and various aspects of it that people maybe look over or overlook, I should say. And so we decided we should just turn on the the recorder and capture this conversation. We were talking, as colleagues do, about things that we think matter. And we figured we'd share it with you uh, on this podcast. So enjoy the conversation. If you haven't explored Dr. Christian Conti yet, check him out at drchristianconti, C-O-N-T-E, com and also I invite you to look up his YouTube channel where he's put out some pretty good videos recently on a pretty regular basis and also follow him on Twitter he's a good follow because he's very positive and upbeat uh, real real frequently like all the time and uh, he tries to post something every morning he, he'll share that in the podcast so thanks for tuning in and uh, we hope you enjoy the conversation it's a casual chat with dr. Christian Conti enjoy Hey, you're joining us in the Noggin Notes podcast, and I'm really pleased to have one of my good friends and uh, mentors, Dr. Christian Conti, on with us. And I'm, I'm just going to call him Christian because he's my friend, but uh, he definitely has a PhD, and we definitely refer to him as uh, Dr. Conti because that's how he goes online. Uh, thanks for joining us on this podcast, man. I'm glad to be here. And you have your own podcast, too, and you actually got me inspired to do this. Um, your, your podcast is called Tackling Life. But you uh, you have a second one that's an a, it's an emotional management podcast and uh, tell tell us a little bit about that first. Well, I really actually I really like my emotional management podcast. I'm, I appreciate you bringing that up because I forgot to promote it. But it is um, I think it's heard on over 400 stations daily. The what I do is just a real quick one minute hit on something emotional management. I write them. I, I love to write. As you know, I'm an author and I like to be creative. Mm-hmm. I've always loved telling stories and myths. So I usually try to do something creative around a myth uh, and and give somebody a piece, a little, little nugget of information for the day. So yeah, I love that. That's the emotional management podcast. They're really easy to digest too because they're only 60 seconds long and, and you bring a, a nice energy to it uh, with the story and, and it gives a context and a, a relatability for life. So yeah, the Emotional Management Podcast can be found on your website, which is drchristianconti.com and I've mentioned that on this podcast before. Um, and and uh, he's a he's a good Twitter follower, very positive, only only tweets out positive stuff, and it's uh, at Dr. Underscore Conti on Twitter. And then you got a Facebook page and a YouTube channel, and you really are doing stuff with your YouTube channel pretty regularly now. Yes, my YouTube channel is what I really want people to know about because something really uh, it's such. You and I have talked about this before. Our with a with our genuine. Met, um, desire to want to impact the world and to be able to I, I'm really kind of been humbled by this because I made a video on YouTube about anxiety and I had a man reach out to me who was injured in a suicide bombing and he said that this video really really significantly impacted his life and then he asked if I would make a video on PTSD so I did and then I had heard further from other people I mean I've, I'm hearing from people all over the world that are are being impacted by these videos so now i'm dedicated in 2018 i'm going to make one new video a week 
I'm putting up today on a lofty goal. It is, but you know what? I'm I know when I put my mind to something, I do it. So, mm -hmm. uh, and so yeah. So today's video is going to be on self anger. I'll put that up in a little bit. Um, I last week was on meditation, but I you know a couple of videos have taken off, and I'm just honestly excited about reaching people. So. That's awesome. I'm, I'm really proud of you for doing that, too. Um, for those of you who don't know, because I haven't explained this uh, on here very often, I just say that you're a, a friend and a mentor, and I've learned a lot from you. But we actually met uh, before school. I uh, I got my graduate degree in counseling, but before that, I was getting a graduate degree in uh, higher ed administration, meaning I was going to go work in a college setting. And um, Bef when I was taking those classes, you and I met playing softball, and we were on a softball team together, and we went out after the game and had a bite to eat, and we, and I ended up telling you about uh, this course that I was taking in human development and how I really enjoyed this Carl Jung guy who I've mentioned before on this podcast. That's a J-U-N-G, for those of you who want to look him up. He's a pretty big name in our field, and um, you and I hit it off, and I was like, man, you're really cool. You know a lot. I'd like to take a class from you because I kind of wanted to take some counseling classes so that if I was working with college students, I didn't send them out, you know, more screwed up than when they came in. So I wanted to round that out. And you said, yeah, I'd love to have you. And then uh, we became friends. And then uh, I took more classes. And then I graduated. And then I worked for you at one point uh, doing in-home work with kids and families. And then I enrolled in the counseling program. And we've just, uh, we've been friends for going on 11 years now, which is pretty cool. Um, and, I, and I'm proud awesome. of you. When you think about that time, yeah. when you think about the time frame, 11 it went years. in a blink. It went by in a blink, man. In a blink. But I am proud of you for doing all this stuff because you've you've been a big inspiration to a lot of people, and um, and it's really cool to hear you tell stories about people all over the world because this particular podcast originated uh, overseas. I mean, that's from my perspective, obviously, from the United States. But the uh, the founders of Noggin Notes app. Uh, it started out as an app and then became a podcast uh, inside the app. And one was from the United Kingdom, and one was from South Africa originally, but he's living in Cambodia, working working and living in Cambodia now. And so it actually started uh, in in the UK, and here I am in the United States, and I've got this audience, and it's just, it's all, it never ceases to humble me when I hear about, like, people writing in or commenting from overseas. I'm like, wow, this is truly international, which really speaks to the idea that, what we do as human beings and connecting with one another is uh, borderless. Uh, there's no limits to, to how we can love on one another and, and spread positivity and encouragement. And uh, none, none. I remember my first experience as an international presentation. I, I presented in Amsterdam and I had just finished my PhD and I thought, you know, I studied, I, I read incessantly through school. I've five books a week for years and years, and just I, I really knew my material well. And I remember presenting and thinking, how can I possibly present at you know some another country? Like, how am I going to hold my own? And when I not only presented, but I found myself leading the the dialogue. And, and what I realized was information is information. So it's it's human. It's 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 absolutely goes across cultures. When we talk about the human psyche, the way you and I talk about a lot, that is a it's a universal concept. So yeah. for any human beings, it, it fits. One of my favorite uh, phrases that you taught us in class and that I use repeatedly, uh, all, I mean all the time, and I just used it yesterday when I was teaching a class to uh, uh, some some police officers in the police academy here, is that if anything a human being has done 
is therefore human nature. And if you are a human, you also have that same nature. Therefore, anything you do or anyone else can do, you are capable of. And that goes for great and terrible. And so if, we, if we're mindful of that, it really alleviates a lot of judgment where we go, oh, I could never be like those people. Well, yeah, you could. And that goes for great and terrible. So it, whether or not you're self-limiting by saying, I can't be like him because he's so great, or I can't be like him because he's so bad, um, you have within you the same nature and capacity as any other human being. So it's it's regardless of cultural or uh, political affiliation or country of origin or any of that stuff. Humans are humans. And I think it's a fascinating concept to to follow because it breeds so much inspiration and also humility at the same time. It's funny because I came I came up with that when I was in uh, math. I was a master's student and I had a buddy who he we both liked to read a lot and we would get into these long discussions. And I remember us talking about and he said something to the effect of that no, that wasn't human nature and I was like it is human nature human being did it how can you say it's not human nature mm. so I remember I remember that dialogue he and I had that day um, that's funny that's neat yeah that's neat to get the backstory on that because uh, I could totally see that conversation unfolding <laughs> Paul we would get it we would get into it it was fun but we pushed each other mentally we definitely pushed each other but I, I, I that was really funny I was like there's no way if a human being did it how can you just because you don't want to identify with it doesn't make it not that it didn't happen because as I say all the time people see our actions not our intentions so if we do it we did it no doubt and you know you you tweeted out something recently uh, that I wanted to touch on in, in for our audience because I thought it had a great deal of um, insight and gravity to it, and I, and I pulled it up. It's you tweeted this out. Uh, it says uh, just because someone follows your social media account doesn't mean that they're a quote unquote follower of you. In other words, a disciple of yours. It just means that they're interested in seeing what you post. And then you hashtagged it. Ego blinds us and hashtag voyeuristic world. <laughs> Tell me about that. <laughs> um, that was funny. I think that it's uh, well. It's true. Ego does blind us. Ego makes us believe that we are um, that we are so much more important than we probably are. I think it, it's. I think it's a both and. It's not either or. I think we are both not as important as we think, and probably significantly more important than we think. Um, when it comes to ego, though, and this idea of followers. I'm fascinated because I hear people talk a lot about their followers, and if you'll listen as someone gets into it, I've heard this from multiple people, they begin to talk about their followers, like quote-unquote followers, as if they are this savior, like, hey, these are my, I'm going mm -hmm. to tell my followers this, and I'm like, listen, I don't really think, especially when you're following you follow 7,000 people and, and 6,000 people follow you in return and you're talking about these followers as if they all, you know, you have to think about how many people, if, if you follow hundreds of people, you're saying hundreds of people in your feed, you might like hundreds of things in a day. And if someone likes your picture or doesn't like your picture or likes your saying or doesn't like it, that's one of hundreds that they're looking at in a period of minutes. Right. So, it's not like people, I think we place so much more importance and significance. Um, and I think it's with the younger generation a lot, with the people who grew up with this. Um, it's a little different than our generation. And I, I put myself with you, but I'm 
I'm older than you are, but oh yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but you know, I do think that the younger generation, there's a lot of um, identification with, hey, I, I'd like to already be the guru. Uh, you know, I know I'm 20, but you know. I, I literally talked to someone the other day who told me, she said, you know, I did have one client, so I feel like there still is more for me to learn. But she was saying it like almost as if she was surprised. <laughs> <laughs> you literally had one person one time, and you still believe there might be more for you to learn. So, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I sure hope so too. So, But, yeah, the statement I said about that is I kind of wanted to uh, – my, my goal with Twitter is, I think every morning, and I actually did that this afternoon because it was just something I was reflecting on, but every morning I wake up, I meditate, and I think, if I'm standing in front of the entire world, what would, one, what would I want to say that would bring any kind of peace or awareness or consciousness to the world? And that's really how I look at uh, social media. And, and it's, so for me, it's a great exercise in the morning for Twitter. So when I said this, I really want to just kind of bring some awareness to people to say, look, dude, we live in a voyeuristic world. People are interested in what you're doing, but just because someone's interested in what you're doing or what you post, that doesn't mean they're following you as if if you decide to preach a certain message, they're just all of a sudden going to agree with what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, even agree with and then start doing it themselves. And I think that's a really clear distinction that's worth making is that if you truly believe that someone is following you as if they're being discipled by you or you're leading them, then um, what you would expect is that people would uh, take up that mission and actually walk it out rather than just blasting things into the air, uh, you know, to get attention or whatever. And I, I want to bring this back to the ego because the ego, as you and I understand it through a, a Carl Jung perspective, is is that um, part of your awareness, like we're aware of stuff, we've, we've experienced life, we know some stuff about ourselves and whatnot, but um, the part of your awareness that's most familiar and most predictable and also uh, tends to keep you uh, uh, sequestered and, and isolated from other new experiences is what we're talking about. So the ego tends to drive a lot of that, meaning if you have a lot of followers, the ego can say, look how cool I am because of all these followers. And with a mindlessness, you'll just blast out information, whether it's positive or negative. And I think sometimes the ego tends to focus in on, you know, certain things like you may have 10,000 followers, but you're really only hoping that two or three people see it, you know, because there may be, we've heard of Twitter battles going on uh, between people, but you got millions of people watching these Twitter battles. And, and I think if a truly egoless person who would let go of that, idea uh, would be mindful of that. None of what we see on Twitter would be out there. Right, right. No, I think you're, that's a good point. Like, there, we're really just, it, I think it's a responsibility. I think it's a responsibility to be able to have a social media account. And it's one of the reasons why our daughter, my daughter at, at age 12, is not going to just post something without us knowing what she's posting. Because for young people, they're going to have to come back and see this. So as you're talking about Twitter arguments or Twitter wars, like these are out there for people to see. And they're getting a sense of who you are by what you're posting, what's important to you, what you're valuing. 
I just think we have a responsibility for what we're putting out there in the universe. I agree. I agree. And and in order to take that responsibility, it means letting go of the ego and letting your your human authenticity shine through because you can't have a certainty. You can't have a, a desire to have things go a certain way um, when when you're when you're being authentic. So even to follow someone means you have to get out of your own way, let go of your own stuff and follow that person. And so I think this idea of followers that you touched on, is, you know, it's, they're not really following. They're just merely peeking over the fence and uh, seeing what there is to see, which I guess invites a question about, you know, what is it that's so attractive about being uh, distracted from one's own life that you have to bombard yourself with uh, stimulus all the time? Uh, you know, what's, what's going on with the person who, ha- you know, follows uh, tons and tons of social media accounts, like what's up with their own life that they can't engage in it. Well, I think people are interested to see what else is going on. If you think about it from an evolutionary psychology perspective, we would have been interested in tribes, what other tribes were doing to survive. So when one group comes across another group, they're going to want to know what types of things are you doing? How are you getting along? Um, and that would make a lot of sense for why we would be biologically hardwired to want to get information about others. I don't think that we're in a spot where we really need to do that to survive mm. for basic survival anymore, but it's still left over in our uh, genetic makeup. So I think that's where consciousness comes into play. The more aware we are, the more conscious we are, the more we can. And I always say consciousness really just means awareness. The more aware we are, uh, then we don't need to dive into gossip or try to figure out what other people are doing, and we can get more involved in what we're doing. And as you say, like I, I like it, is embrace your life. Embrace what's going on with you rather than get distracted with others. I had to laugh. My wife was saying, like, we were talking about this concept of our tweeted that today, and we are saying, like, wouldn't it be, instead of it being whoever created these social media sites, like, they're, you know, brilliant marketing stuff, right? People are really into, into themselves, so... Uh, you and I were saying this earlier off the off the air, but the idea you were telling me about friends, the concept of uh, yeah. friends. Yeah, and initially they had, yeah they were friends, like you know a small group of friends that you could all connect with on that um, application, right? Right, right. So 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 that, then and then Twitter comes along with followers, and what's funny is. Um, my wife was saying, what if what if it was really more accurately described as, um, hey, I'm mildly interested for a minute. <laughs> I'm yeah. mildly interested. Hey, I'm, I'm mildly <laughs> interested in your account. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't uh, I don't think it has any sustainability. Yeah. Would you mildly interest me, please? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but only if you mildly interest me back. <laughs> That's really. Uh, what if I aggressively interest you? Well, now I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so really, I mean, uh, I don't think that. I think it's important for people to know that you're not. It's be mindful about tying your ego into having followers because people really aren't following you, and they're not. They and then if someone likes your picture or likes what you're doing. Be mindful not to get too much of your identity around that because they probably just like 500 other things. I think a lot of times people magnify their world and think, okay, in my own isolated world, if people liked my picture, that person must be off thinking about me right now. Uh, whereas they may have just hit that on in route to 500 other likes. 
Yeah. Yeah. Man, no thanks. I don't want that kind of responsibility. Yeah. Somebody rolling a knee around in their head all day. And and I think to that point about, you know, being humble uh, speaks to the non-attachment that, that you and I uh, preach pretty regularly is, is not the idea that, so there's a difference between detaching, you're disengaging where you're kind of giving the big hairy middle finger to everybody with an attitude and non-attachment where you can hold uh, loosely ideas, beliefs, titles, uh, professions, even possessions uh, very loosely, but in a very precious way. So you're, you're very uh, mindful that that what you have or what you possess or how people view you is temporary and fleeting and it's to be honored. It's to be respected because it may not always be there. And certainly you you may not always have followers and, and if followers are impacted by what you have to say, then that's great. But that's, that doesn't define the essence of a human being. And I, I think that's, if there's a message that I could try to get out there, it's that people should be very well invested in all of what they do but at the same time be non-attached to it so that if at one point or another that thing that they're invested in goes away, they can still be at peace with who they are as a human being. And that's so tough for people. I think mm -hmm. that's a really difficult thing. It's something that I've dedicated my life to pursuing. Um, and, and, you know, it's a part of my belief system and what we, you know, we, my family, we, we really work toward. And I have found tremendous, tremendous, benefit from pursuing non-attachment because I don't have to argue with others. I don't really have to get caught up. If people believe differently uh, from me, that's okay. Like that's, I'm really cool with that. I don't, I'm not trying to convince anyone to believe how I believe, and I don't, I'm not going to be convinced to believe what others believe, but I'm a, unless it really resonates with me. But to not be attached, as you said, I, I, people sometimes get struck and they really don't understand what that means because it's like, well, then you can't have any beliefs. And that's not mm -hmm. true at all because I might strongly believe something, but I'm open that I could be wrong about it. I'm open that something could give me new information tomorrow and then I won't think that. And that is not an easy pursuit. That's a lifelong pursuit. No, it's it's not easy. And I think that um, I'll, I'll just uh, walk this rabbit trail real quickly here is that when we're talking about non-attachment, it's it's um, it's to say with all humility, I don't know, I don't know for sure, and there and we can be we can have certain truths in our lives, and we can have boundaries, and we can have structure, and we can have limits, and we can have all these things, and we can have doctrine and laws and so forth, um, and at the same time, simultaneously. So we don't want to say a but there. We're going to say and because they can both coexist. And I don't know it all. If I knew it all, I would be God, and I'm not God, So, and I never will be. So as long as I don't know it all, and by it all, I mean all at all, forever and ever, then I can, with all humility, say, I, am, I have a great comfort in these beliefs uh, or this interpretation, and I don't know everything. So that when contradictory information comes into my path, I can, I can let go and go, oh, maybe. Okay. And then I don't have to browbeat people with my own viewpoint and that kind of thing. And then I wanted to get back around to the idea that the reason it's so hard, I believe, because I do this from an emotional uh, functioning perspective, as I know you do too, is that neurologically, when we face something that's uh, mysterious or uncertain, it creates a fear in us. And if we haven't learned through childhood, adolescence, and upbringing to tolerate and understand what that fear is and that we can we can move through that wave of, of emotion and be okay on the other side, 
Um, if we don't know how to do that, we'll tend to resist it and we'll tend to, to flee uh, uncertain or mysterious uh, circumstances, new experiences, that kind of thing. And what we end up doing is gravitating back to the ego, you know, going back to what we know or what we think we know best and living in that. And, and it prevents us from growing. Mm. That's so true. It really is. We're just we're really afraid of the unknown. Right. scary for people to admit that and it's funny because so many people i'm really just fascinated by this concept but i see this with people all the time people are really quick i'll speak to thousands of people in a room and i and i'll say how many people believe they still have more to learn and every single hand will go up and then i'll say how many of you will still get into arguments with others and every <laughs> hand gets up so i because you're like no they have to believe what i believe why argue it's not an argument like if you really genuinely believe you don't have the answers then i'm not going to argue i'm going to say this is my perspective in this moment um i don't think well i want to go i don't want to go too far in a different direction with that but let's just come back to that concept of we really you can find a lot of peace by letting go but even though many people will say oh i have more to learn very few people are okay with others who disagree with them. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And and I think this uh, can be taken into our relationships, certainly, you know, uh, our intimate romantic relationships with spouses and, and children, uh, as well as our business relationships, if you got employees and you're a boss or, uh, or out into the world, into politics and on Twitter and on Facebook. If you can learn to tolerate the distress of being uncomfortable in the presence of someone else's differing viewpoint, then you can be non-attached to it. But in order to get to that point, you have to, you have to ride through the, the distress of being out of control and being out of control simply is that you don't know everything. And if you, if you haven't practiced that, you know, if you haven't practiced it through uh, mindfulness or meditation or ta or just having conversations with, with other people, human beings who have differing perspectives, then it's going to be very, very difficult to do. And that, that was our point. It's very, very challenging unless you practice it. Unless you practice it. I think it's fun. I mean, as a, as a, a great friend of mine, like you and I have some very different beliefs in certain areas of life. And I love it. I think it's so great. Like, it's really mm -hmm. fun. Like, I really don't think at the end of life there's going to be some tragic thing because we have different beliefs on certain things. I think it's going to be like, oh, that's really cool. Uh, this is ultimately, it's fun to be able to connect with somebody when you know there's no pressure to believe what I believe, and yeah. I really have no desire to have you believe what I believe. It's just fun to get to know somebody and say, that's cool. You're a human being with free will on this planet. And these are your beliefs, and I'm a human being with free will, and these are my beliefs, and we can just sit around. And, you know, it's funny because in sports, and I maybe I can transition to saying my other podcast is with NFL legend Ray Lewis, who's now first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Um, and so, but in sports, we can joke about, oh, I have differences. I have a different, you know, oh, well, if you're from this area and I'm from that area, it's perfectly acceptable for us to have a conversation around okay, your team stinks or my team's great or whatever. But then the moment we talk about something else that might be a little bit more personal, a belief about religion or politics or this and that, then all of a sudden we can't have that civil conversation anymore because now I need you to believe what I believe. Mm -hmm. Whereas sports, I'm okay with accepting, oh, yeah, you grew up there, so it makes sense that that's the team you like. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's the ego driving that, the need for other people to fit into our worldview, right? And I know right. you talked about the, the cartoon world versus the real world. And, um, you know, actual reality will come knocking at your door someday. And if you're not uh, at a place of peace within yourself enough to receive it, you could have a fight on your hands. And maybe that fight is internal where you, you don't uh, connect well with others. You, you don't know intimacy. You can't be vulnerable. Uh, and then you yourself are in a place of turmoil simply because you're not accepting of the, the actual reality that's presenting itself in its contradiction to your uh, internal version of what reality, quote unquote, should be. Mm. I think I think to wrap this all up because I know you've got to take off um, and actually go do that uh, podcast with NFL legend Ray Lewis. Um, we we kicked this off by talking about um, you know being able to to be non attached to the concept of uh, following people and and um, our international experiences and how uh, human. Uh, humanity transcends borders, right? And so uh, if we transcend the borders of social media and we transcend the borders of politics and we transcend the borders of, of uh, religious viewpoints and so forth, then what we're left with is is the ability to see through people's uh, outward presentations and into their uh, into their souls, which really allows us not to have to argue about anything at all. I don't have to convince you that I'm right if I'm seeing through you and seeing you as the, the, the you know, the, the amazing, uh, deep human being that you are, because um, after that, everything else is just content. It's just fluff. It's something interesting to, to explore, but it doesn't really have any uh, meaning worth, uh, you know, fighting over or dying over or going to war over. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I guess I just uh, I appreciate that that we can have this conversation. I, I hope some you know people take uh, something away from this and you know and and put it into their own lives. But um, in the spirit of uh, counseling and what you taught us in school, uh, I'm going to ask you for a takeaway. So what's one thing that you're taking away from this podcast? <laughs> um, for me, what I'm taking away, I really enjoy just this type of conversation with you. I'd like to have more of these. So. We're going to figure out a way to do that. We'll do it on, on my podcast and maybe me coming back on yours again in the future. Um, what I would love for the listeners to take away is understanding, like maybe take a look, maybe take a look at your social media and think about that concept of followers and following and question it. Like I really think it's important to question our world, but I would push it this much. I used to always tell my students there's a difference. You can tell the difference between you being a good student and a great student in this way. A good student will question everything the teacher puts out. That's a great thing. to. That's a very good thing to do. Question it. But a great student will actively seek answers to those questions. Mm. Definitely question everything, but actively seek answers and don't give up until you get them. That's awesome. Well, thanks for uh, doing this. Now that we know it's super easy to record uh, phone calls, uh, maybe we'll be able to do this a little bit more frequently. Yeah, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Thanks for having me on. It's a lot of fun to talk to you like this, and uh, we'll do it again soon. Thanks, buddy. It's uh, Dr. Christian Conti. Check him out. Check his website out. Follow him. Uh, subscribe to his YouTube channel. Do all the Ooh, stuff YouTube, for him that you do to us. Yeah. YouTube.com slash Dr. Christian Conti. You got that? Is that enough? <laughs> <laughs> it's a mouthful. Saying your own name is really challenging sometimes. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate it. Have a good afternoon, and uh, I'll talk soon. All right, buddy. Bye. Bye.